This is the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 320, How to Get Faster by Running Easier. If you're looking for ways to bring more joy into your running and you want to be a physically and mentally stronger runner, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. What's up, runners? Welcome to the podcast this week. I have a special treat for you. I taught a live class this week called How to Get Faster by Running Easier, and it was such a great class. I got such good feedback from everyone that attended that I wanted to play it here on the podcast to give this information to you, our wonderful podcast listeners as well. So I'm going to go ahead and start that class right now. All right, guys. Hey, and welcome. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to get faster by running easier. I want you to gain a lot of information from this, but it's not just about gaining information. It's also about showing you how to put that into practice. Well, this information today is going to be valid and helpful for all of you, no matter where you are on your running journey. If you're a beginner, if you've been running for years or for decades, and you want to run faster and or longer, You are a runner over 40 that wants to learn how to train sustainably so that you can run for years to come. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not all about like setting a PR and then hanging up my shoes. I want to be running when I'm like in my 80s and 90s and maybe even 100s and setting those world records for those 100-year-olds on the track running the 100 meters. You want to avoid unnecessary struggles, pain, and injury. Please, (laughs) let's all raise our hand for that, right? You want to train in a way that is right for you, your body, your experience, and your goals. And you want running to make you feel strong and empowered, not burnt out and broken, because that is one of the things, unfortunately, that I see so many runners experiencing. And so if you want to feel strong, you want to blow your goals out the window and understanding that even if it's hard, you can still do hard things and feel proud of yourself in the process. Here's what you're going to learn by hanging out with me today. All right. So you're first going to learn the way that you can get faster by running slower and easier so that you can continue to improve your times. And now this is the concept that when I talk to people, especially if they are not runners or people that maybe tried running at one point, it didn't work out from them, um, or even runners that have been running for decades, they haven't been introduced to this concept. It's really one of those mind blowing things. It's like, wait a second, I can slow down and then get faster in the process. That makes no sense, but I'm going to show you how that is true. I'm going to show you how to connect to your body so that you can avoid those unnecessary struggles and injury. I'm going to show you how to run without staring at your watch the whole time so that you can enjoy the run more and not be so focused on the numbers in every single run. And I'm going to show you how to train so that you can run for years and decades, no matter how old you are right now, while continuing to improve and feel stronger in the process. Since time is your most valuable resource, I also want to help you figure out if this is not the best way for you to spend your time today, because I'm all about being very candid. You guys, the people that are here (laughs) that are already on inside of our academy understand I'm a very candid person. I like to tell the truth, even if sometimes that, you know, truth is a little brutal sometimes, like it's a little, sometimes it's not always what you want to hear, but that's part of who I am. So if you're someone that is just looking for like quick fixes and hacks, and you're not willing to invest in your health and your performance, this is not going to be the training for you. Okay. 
Training, no matter what training method you choose to go with, it takes an investment of your time, of your energy, of your effort. It takes an investment from you. And so I'm not here to just show you how to hack your way to success because in order to successfully train for years and decades, it's going to require you to put in some work. You know, like this is one of the things I think that I love about running is that it keeps me humble. It keeps me brutally honest with myself. You know, like you can't just like put in a little bit of work and get all the results that you want. Right. And it's taken us, my husband and I, Kevin, he's not unfortunately going to be able to be with us today because he's a, a teacher and they started back at school this week. So, but it's taken us over 20 years to gain all of this knowledge. And that would be impossible for us to teach you in one 60 minute. But what I can do today is I'm going to teach you one of the most important principles of training so that you can start to feel better today and improve for years to come. Okay. And then if you like what you hear today and you want to go deeper with us and you want more information and, and to really understand how to apply this into your life, into your training, and you want some help and support along the way, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that at the end as well. Okay. I also want to encourage you to stay till the end of this training, okay? It's an hour of your time. I understand time is a very valuable resource, but what I am teaching is so powerful today. I really want you to stay to the end and so, so you can get all of this information, okay? So I wanted to bring this to you guys today because there are a lot of problems that I see people experiencing when it comes to their running. There are so many training plans and apps on the market today not to mention more and more running coaches on social media trying to get your attention and your business. But the issue is with all of the information out there, okay, we are definitely in an age where it is a blessing of all this information that we have at our fingertips, but it can also lead to a lot of confusion and overwhelm and people thinking that they're doing the right thing when they're actually not. So I want to help you understand how to train without the unnecessary struggle, without the pain, without sacrificing the rest of your life in the process. So here are some common problems that we often see. Feeling tired all the time, not having energy for other areas of your life, or aches and pains that start after a couple of weeks of training that don't seem to go away even after time off. Feeling unmotivated a few weeks into training because your body feels tired and is starting to hurt. Missing runs because life keeps getting in the way, feeling guilty for taking time away from your family to train, or feeling guilty for missing your runs because you're so busy driving your kids to practice, making dinner, helping them with homework, taking care of your spouse or aging parents that it doesn't seem like you have enough time for yourself to get the training in that you want to get in, or feeling frustrated because you think you're putting in the work, but it doesn't seem to be getting any easier. You're not making the progress that you want to see. Do, do any of those sound familiar? These are some of the most common problems that we often see. And if you're experiencing some of those problems, there's a good chance that you might be making some of these mistakes, right? And I know that I've been guilty of all of these things in the past. I shouldn't say maybe not all of them, but some of them in the past. Which ones of these traps have you fallen into? where you're running all of your runs at a medium to moderate effort level because you think you need to push harder in order to get faster. I know I've done that one for sure before. Maybe you download a free app or you choose a plan without considering your current abilities. You just jump right into training, right? Like you go into Garmin or Nike or Peloton or all these different apps that there are nowadays and you just pick a plan, right? It's like, oh, I want to train for a half marathon. There's a half marathon plan, right? And then you just jump right in without considering, is this the right plan for me? You know, am I able 
to do this plan yet? Is this a good place for me to start? Or is there going to be something else out there that's better for me? Or you start researching so many plans that you don't even end up choosing one because there's just so many to choose from, right? So you don't follow a plan. You just head out and kind of do whatever you're doing on the, you know, each day, or you, you do the same thing every day, or maybe you decide to train for a half marathon. You're like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing every day. And I'll just start like adding a mile to my long run on the weekend. I'll just like keep adding so that I can eventually get up to the 13 mile mark. And I know that I'll be able to do it. I know a lot of runners fall into that trap of like, well, I'm a runner. I just need to run more. If I, if I want to get better as a runner, all I have to do is keep running more. And they forget about all the other areas that they need to do, like to work on in order to improve their running. A lot of runners run without fueling before or during the run. They just think, you know, running fast is the way to go because that's what they heard. They heard that if if I don't eat, I'm going to burn more fat on my run, which unfortunately is not true. They think that running is a good way to lose weight and they start running in order to lose weight, which I'm going to, again, I'll raise my hand here for sure, because that is the reason I started running. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my story in a little bit here, but I hated running. Running was punishment. And I just only started running to lose weight. And when you have that mindset of like running to lose weight, then you're also in the mindset of, I need to burn more calories and I need to burn more calories. So I need to push harder so that I burn more calories. And that leads to a lot of problems that I'm going to talk about today. Maybe if that is the case, if you are doing this because you wanted to lose weight, you might be restricting your food because you don't want to gain weight, which leads to a under fueling, which leads to a low, you know, low lack of progress and low performance. Or maybe you're someone that skips rest days because you think that more is better. So I want to train more and I'm not getting enough sleep to support my recovery. And I'm just going to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And I'm going to tell you that though all of these mistakes, I have fallen into some of them or all of them and in one way or the other. And there's nothing wrong with the fact that you're making this mistake because you might not know better, right? And once you know better, then you can do better. And that's the point of this class. I want to kind of show you and start to shine a light on some of these common mistakes that people are making so that you can start making different choices for your running and for your health. Because what I want for you instead is I want you to become a real life runner, okay? I want you to understand that there's a balance between pushing hard and running easy. I want you to make continual forward progress in your running, no matter how old you are. Like a lot of people think that age is a reason that they can't improve anymore. I completely disagree with that. Okay. I think that no matter how old you are, you can continue to get stronger. You can continue to make progress. And I want to show you exactly how to do that. Okay. You're someone that understands your body and knows how to train in a way that's right for you. You feel free, strong, and accomplished. You feel confident that you can achieve the goals that are important to you. Your body feels strong and you know how to take care of it, right? I'm someone, I'm a physical therapist and I've been working as a physical therapist for over 15 years. And the reason that I started this company is because I wanted to show people that you did not have to just accept the inevitable decline of aging. You could be stronger. And I saw my patients coming in day after day and they would come into physical therapy and then they had another doctor's appointment and their whole week would be taken up by doctor's appointments. And I just thought to myself, there has to be a better way, right? What if we could teach people how to be more proactive in their health so they can start running or and weight training and getting stronger, building their strength and improving their health so that they don't have to 
go to all these doctors. They don't have to be reactive in their healthcare, right? So many people, in the, the way that our healthcare system is structured right now, it's a very reactive healthcare system. Something goes wrong, we have to go see a doctor. I have this ache and pain, I have to go see a physical therapist, right? I've got this problem, I have to take this medication. It's reactive. But what if we flip that on its head? What if we started taking more control over our health, over our strength, and training in a way that is right for us. And I'm, I'm talking to you, you're a runner, right? So you, I think that you already can probably agree. Luckily, I have already been blessed to work with hundreds and hundreds of runners to help them to get onto this path of, of building strength, of achieving goals. We've helped hundreds of runners to set new PRs and achieve things that they've never thought possible. And I want to show you um, exactly how to do that today. Okay. So I'm asking you today to keep an open mind. Okay. Because when we listen to something, we filter that information without even realizing it. Okay. This is just how our brain works. So if we go to a class, if we listen to a podcast, if we watch something on TV, what we do is like our brain actually has a filtering mechanism. And so we listen, and if it matches what we already know, we agree with it. Or we like if, if we already agree with that thing, we take it in. We're like, yep. And it just confirms our belief. But if it doesn't match, a lot of times we just filter it out or brush it off, okay? Because our brain, it's, it's a concept called cognitive dissonance. Our brain does not like when things don't match our view of the world, does not like it when you know, we're getting new information that doesn't match the way that we've been doing things because our brain doesn't like being wrong, right? Who likes being wrong? Not many people, right? But you're here for a reason today. So I'm asking you to keep an open mind. And maybe you've heard of some of these things before. Maybe it's new information for you completely. But either way, I want you to listen so that you can take advantage of this time and learn something new. A lot of these topics are not brand new to me, but I listen and I try to just take out a couple pieces, a couple nuggets of information that can help me improve in whatever area it is that I'm studying. So I really want you to um, listen with an open mind. Um, so that you can really take advantage and learn something that's going to help you out, okay? So there are four core principles that you need to really improve your running, okay? But we don't have time. We only have a 60 minutes together, so we can't dive into all four of these things. So instead, I want to dive into one right now because this alone, the information I'm going to teach you today is going to lead to a massive transformation in your running or has the potential to if you put it into practice, Okay. So today we're going to dive into running structure and specifically, you know, one specific area in running structure, right? I have a whole program inside the academy teaching you how to structure your running. We go into warm-ups and cool-downs and running form and speed workouts and training plans and all those things. I want to focus on what I think is one of the most important things to help you structure your running in a way that's going to make the biggest difference. And that is effort-based training. Okay. So what is effort-based training. Okay. Effort-based training is kind of what it sounds like. It's training according to your effort level or rating of perceived exertion. Have you ever heard of RPE before the rating of perceived exertion? Okay. So it's pretty simple, right? It's how hard does this feel for me? Okay. But so many runners think that they need exact paces and exact numbers to improve their training, which can lead to an overemphasis on the numbers. And it can also lead to a lot of frustration if you're not hitting 
exact numbers in your training. It can also lead to training at a level above or below what you're currently capable of because the numbers are often inaccurate. Okay. So there's a lot of different ways to train out there. There's heart rate zones and power zones and lactate threshold. And there's so many different ways that you can get paces that will guide you in your training. Okay. A lot of those numbers, unfortunately, are not super accurate because they're based on a number like maximum heart rate or lactate threshold that depending on how you measure it, which a lot of them are just kind of take your heart rate at a certain pace and kind of put it through a formula, a mathematical formula, and kind of spit out these paces, which may or may not be accurate. Some of them might be, right? But some of them might not be. And so I think that a lot of times we as runners, we tend to be very type A, we tend to be very numbers focused and numbers driven, right? Because it's an easy way to track our progress, right? When we see the numbers improving, it's an easy way for us to know, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm making progress here, right? And so I think that a lot of times we think that if we see a number associated with it, we that it must be more accurate. It must be more effective, but it is actually not the case. And I'm going to tell you kind of why today, right? So today I want to give you 10 numbers that actually matter. And then I'm going to actually show you that it really isn't 10 that matter as much, especially when you're starting out on this. It's really three numbers that make the most difference in your running. Okay. So the RPE is a, a scale that was developed in 1982. And basically, it's simply asking yourself, how hard does this feel? On a scale of 1 to 10, how hard does this feel? Now, the original RPE scale developed in 1982 is actually going from 6 to 20 because it was more based on heart rate. So the modified RPE, which is what I like to use, is, is from 1 to 10. I think that it just makes a little bit more sense going from 1 to 10 instead of 6 to 20, okay? But the RPE has been used since 1982, and it's actually been used in all areas of research in running, athletic performance, all sorts of, you know, fitness research that's been done. And it's actually been shown to have very good reliability and validity. A lot of people think that like, oh, it's too hard to quantify. I, you know, it's one to 10. Like, how do I really figure that out? It's not, this can't be a reliable way to measure my effort, but it actually is, has been shown to, they've compared, there's been a ton of studies comparing RPE to heart rate zones and all, all different types of other performance indicators. And they have found that RPE is a good way to actually measure training intensity. So it is a unit that has been validated in the research, even though it is a subjective measure, right? Some people think that, oh, if it's, it's subjective, that means it's not a good measure, but that's not actually true. This has actually been shown to be a very effective measure in measuring training intensity. So I like to think of kind of effort-based training versus, you know, heart rate zones and like pace zones and all these other things as cooking versus baking. So which one do you think? is more similar to running. Do you think running is more like cooking or running more like baking? So when I think of like cooking versus baking, right? Both of them are making something delicious, right? And that's what we're, we're going for. The outcome is, is the same. We're trying to make something that tastes good, right? But when I think of cooking, I think of guidelines. I think of best practices. I think recipes, substitutions. And when I think of baking, I think of, you know, more precise measurements that we need. Like there's less room for error when it comes to baking, um, especially when you get into some of those fancy um, types of baking. But I, and I, so I do, I agree with those of you that said cooking, I agree with you. I think that running 
is more like cooking. But I think that a lot of runners approach their running more like baking rather than cooking. They want more specific paces, more specific distances or or specific times because they think that there's a specific formula that will guarantee results, right? I I know that I wish there was, right? Like, wouldn't it be helpful if there was just like, you put these things in and here's your PR on the other end of it. But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way, right? Running is actually more like cooking because there's a lot more finesse involved of it. It's both a science and an art. You get better at it the more you do it, which is true of both, right? Cooking and baking, like you get better the more you do it. But I think that like with cooking, you can make alterations and substitutions and you can get the same outcome or maybe even a better outcome. And I think that that's a little bit harder to do in baking. Like I know that when my grandma was still alive, I wanted some of her recipes and she was a, she was a great both cook and baker. And so I asked her for, you know, some of her recipes and she said, I don't have a recipe, just come over my house and I'll show you how I make it. And so there I am, I I went over my grandma's house and I went over a couple of times to make some different things. And I'm trying to write things down. Like you should see some of these notes that I have. It's like a pinch of this and uh, uh, like a little bit of that. And I'm like approximately like, well, how much grandma is that? And she likes like, I don't know about this much. And she tries to like put it into a measuring cup to kind of figure out exactly how much it is, but she didn't really know. But yet all the things she made were delicious, right? And that's how I think about running is like, we have to know the basic principles. We have to know what ingredients need to go into it. And then depending on who you are as a person, what your body type is, what your injury history is, what your goals are, you kind of have to add those things in different amounts to find the best formula that works for you. And the best formula that works for you is not going to be the best formula that works for somebody else. Okay. So Some of the key points that I want you to take away about what effort level training is, is that number one, effort levels correlate indirectly to heart rate. Okay. Some people think, you know, what, so I know that this is a lot of the questions, some of the mistakes that I see runners making when they start learning about effort-based training is they're like, okay, well, my easy effort, like what heart rate should I be for my easy effort? right? And there's not a direct correlation. Like your easy effort is not always, you know, from 130 to 140 beats per minute. For some people that might be a good range, but for other people that might not be. Okay. I'm a runner that tends to just have a higher heart rate in general. Like I go out on runs with my friends and my heart rate is just higher than theirs, but yet we're running the same paces. We're both maintaining conversations. We can run at the same, it's the same level of of effort for both of us, but my heart rate is higher than, you know, one of my friends. So it doesn't exactly directly relate to heart rate. Okay. That's one of the mistakes I see. Um, the other thing I see is what is my easy effort pace, right? People want an exact pace so that they know that they're doing the easy effort level correctly. Right. And effort levels do not match two specific paces. Okay. So For those of you that are just starting out and you've never done effort-based training before, I want you to think of your easy effort. We're going to go more into what those effort levels are and what they should be. Your easy effort level is at least two to three minutes slower than your 5K pace. Okay. So keep that in mind when we start to talk about easy effort level. But again, doesn't match specifically. That's just kind of a a guideline again. The other thing I want you to remember is that this takes practice, okay? You are not going to get this right away. People think that they're going to come in here and learn this information from a 30-minute class and then go out and have like completely transformed running on day one. It's going to 
take some time. Okay. You're going to have to practice this. You're going to have to learn how to feel this in your body. And will you feel better on the first run? Maybe, right? Like I would love that, you know, and, and there's definitely been cases where people have done that before. They'll, they'll take a, a class from, from us and um, go out and, and start to run easier and slower, and they'll have an amazing experience on their first run. And I wish that for you. I also want you to know that if that doesn't happen, that doesn't mean that this is worthless information. It just means that you might need a little bit more practice because if you've never done this before, easy running can be awkward. It can be, it can feel very strange for you. If someone, if you are someone that has normally gone out and just run at that medium to moderate effort level on all your runnings, it can feel very weird to try to slow down and find an easy pace. Okay. So I want to put that out there because that doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. And that doesn't mean that this doesn't work. And that doesn't mean that this is not for you. It just means that you just need a little bit more practice and that's okay. All right. So a little bit about Kevin and I, like I said, Kevin was not able to join us today because he's teaching and his, his schedule didn't match up, unfortunately, but I just really wanted to bring you this information in this class. So Kevin was a division one runner in college and, but when he was running at that level, which is an extremely high level, Kevin is someone that you would think of, like, in my opinion, you know, the, the quote unquote stereotypical runner, even though right now I wouldn't tell you that there's no such thing as a stereotypical runner that all runners are runners' bodies. You can be a runner no matter how old you are, how what size you are, any of that, right? But I think that when we kind of think of runners or we think of like more elite or professional runners, we think of people like Kevin. And But the thing about Kev, and I wish he was here to tell you his story himself, but he was always burnt out and injured because he was pushing himself so hard to keep up with his teammates. He was actually a walk-on at the university. And so there were all Americans on the team that he was trying to keep up with. And he was just doing his best to try to keep up on a daily basis. And so he was just always burnt out. He had uh, really bad knee pain, which actually made him end up having to, to leave the team because he was, it was, he was just broken all the time, but then he found effort level training and he's now competing at the local level. He's won marathons, half marathons. He, he ran his first ultra marathon last year. And he keeps challenging himself safely, you know, and we're in our forties now. So it's just because you're in your forties, we, we have two beautiful girls, as you can see in that picture. That's a cool picture of Kevin there holding the, holding the finish line of the first marathon that he, he won, but effort level training really helped him to transform his running. It also helped me to transform my running. When I was a athlete growing up, I played volleyball, basketball, and softball, and I hated running because it was always punishment in my sports. I always thought that I had to push harder to, to get faster, to get better. But now I found effort level training again, and it just felt so much better. Like running felt better. It was more fun. I enjoyed it more. I didn't feel broken all the time. And it's now a part of who I am. You know, I love to teach other people about that too. And I already told you, I'm also a physical therapist. And so I love teaching my patients about effort level training as well. Okay. So why is effort-based training important? Let's talk about why it's so important because when runners want to improve, they often think that they just need to push harder and do more to get better. Like we've already talked about. And that's what I call the vicious running cycle. All right. So many frustrated runners find themselves caught in this vicious running cycle where they start to build mileage and speed and then their progress starts to plateau at some point in time because it happens to all of us this is nothing's wrong here when your progress plateaus for a little bit but when progress plateaus a lot of times what runners will do is that they'll try to do more or push harder 
so that they can try to get off that plateau. And a lot of times when they do more and push harder, it just leads to injury and burnout. And then they have to end up taking some time off and then they end up building, having to go back and build that mileage and speed again. And then the vicious cycle continues. If you find yourself caught in this cycle, it just leads to so much unnecessary struggle, frustration, increased physical and mental stress, injury, and ultimately not achieving your goals, you know, but there's, there's a better way to do this. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because what I want you to understand is that running is not an island. All right. And what do I mean by that? I mean that your real life affects your running and your running also needs to fit into your real life. I think that sometimes we have these goals, these performance goals, you know, that we want goals that we want to set or that we want to achieve. And we're like, okay, here's the thing I want. But like, I also have like all these other things in my, in the rest of my life and like running's over here by itself. But that's not true, right? These things have to go together. Like you are one person with one life and your running has to fit into the rest of your life. Running is not an island, okay? And this is one of the reasons why effort-based training is so important because it takes your life into account. What happens at work, the stress levels that you're under, what's going on in your family, how you slept, like all of these things affect how you're able to train and perform as a runner, okay? So let's talk about the top three reasons. Do you guys do three like this (laughs) or like this? Why effort-based training is so important, okay? Reason number one is the ability to adjust, okay? Ability to, to adjust for both external conditions and internal conditions because both of these things affect the way that we show up as a runner and the way that we're able to perform. So I like to think of a thermometer versus a thermostat because a thermometer only reads the conditions around it, right? A thermometer can't actually change what's going on. A thermometer just reads the temperature outside. But a thermostat reads the temperature and then adjusts to create the ideal environment, right? Like (laughs) we were just out in California visiting my in-laws and, you know, we went for a couple of days up in Tahoe and there was no air conditioning in the Verbo, the VRBO that we rented, the, the, the house that we rented. There was no air conditioning. Guys, I'm from South Florida. Okay. I sleep with air conditioning. I'm used to air conditioning that the idea of not having air conditioning is foreign to me. And I know I'm sure a lot of you on this chat probably have live in places where you don't have air conditioning on a regular basis. And that's, that's cool. But I just, I don't understand it, but it was warm, unfortunately, in Tahoe when we were there. And I was so hot at night, but I couldn't do anything about it. Like we had the windows open, we had the fan on, like, and I was just hot. I couldn't adjust the thermostat in our room to do anything about it. And that was so frustrating for me. So I want you to be the thermostat, not the thermometer, not someone that's just reading what's going on around you. I want you to be able to read what's going on around you and then adjust. And that's what effort level training allows you to do. It allows you to adjust for circumstances that that are happening in your life right now. It helps you adjust for the weather. Like I said, guys, I'm in South Florida right now. It is the surface of the sun outside. It's like crazy hot outside. All of my runs, I come back, I'm dripping in sweat, almost like I just jumped out of or got out of a pool. It is crazy. Okay. But the heat really affects how fast I'm able to go and what my run feels like, you know, the altitude when I was out in Tahoe, that affected what I was able to do. So the weather, the outside environment has an effect on how running feels and how you're able to perform. 
you know, you've probably experienced where the weather cooperated and it was like in the fifties, maybe even the forties. And you just felt amazing versus the race that happened when it was like 80 degrees outside, right? You could have been trained the same way, but your performance is going to be different because of the outside conditions. It's just what's going to happen. Okay. And effort level training allows you to adjust for that. It allows you to adjust for how you're feeling, for the amount of sleep, for how tired you are from soreness from past workouts, right? Like if you had a really hard workout a day ago, your paces on your easy run the next day might be a little different and that's okay, all right? That's a good thing. So it helps you adjust for both internal and external conditions because, <clears throat> excuse me, all of those things matter, all right? Your body does not know pace and distance. It only knows time and effort. It knows how long you were out there. It knows how hard it felt. It doesn't know that you were running five miles at an eight-minute pace. Like, your body doesn't know that. It just knows you were out there for, you know, 40 minutes, and that's and it, and it felt kind of hard. <laughs> that's what your body knows, right? So effort level, uh, effort-based training accounts for all of that, Okay. Uh, your times aren't improving despite putting in the runs and effort regularly. All right. Number two thing that I love about effort-based training is that it allows you to connect with yourself. We live in a very technology-driven world. And in some ways, we are more connected than ever. But in other ways, we're more disconnected than ever before. And I think that technology is great, but it teaches us to disconnect from ourselves. We don't know what it feels like anymore because a lot of us just look at our watch to tell us if we're doing a good job, right? Like I'm not against technology. I love my Garmin watch, right? But I'm saying that a lot of times I think we are too dependent on it. We put too much emphasis and too much importance on the number that this little thing is, is spitting out at us, right? I mean, my watch even tells me if I'm maintaining or, you know, productive or unproductive or declining, like it'll give me a stat, a training status, right? And a lot of people take those training statuses and let it ruin their day or let them feel great about themselves and make them, you know, say, okay, well, that means I'm doing it right. And I think that it can be, that can be an okay thing. It can sometimes be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing, right? Because we're, we're becoming overly dependent on our watches or our smartphones or technology in general. And like, one thing I always like to point out here is like, what if your watch doesn't work? And I've got, I've had friends that, and, and clients that have run the Chicago marathon. The Chicago marathon is one of those one places that I think is kind of infamous for this, but also like out, you know, trail runs and those kind of things where GPS just doesn't work sometimes. Like in the Chicago marathon, especially I think at the beginning, there's a lot of really tall buildings and get all the runners that have these watches are all trying to get the same satellite signal. And the paces are all over the place. Very, very wonky. Right. And so <clears throat> what happens if you are um, set on a pace. You're like, Hey, I'm supposed to run. I want to break four hours. I know I have to run nine minute pace. And then you look down at your watch and your watch is telling you 12 it's at 12 minute pace, but it's not because you're actually running 12 minute pace. It's because the buildings around you aren't giving you the right pace on your watch. Then what do you do? Right? If you don't know what your race pace feels like, or the effort level marathon effort level feels like, it's going to be very hard for you to know what to do. A lot of people would try to speed up because their watch is saying 12 minutes, but they're actually running nine minutes. They're probably already on pace, but they think that they're not on pace. So then they end up speeding up, which is actually going to totally throw them off for the rest of the race, right? But if you learn effort-based training, you know what your marathon effort should feel like. You know it in your body. So it doesn't matter 
what your watch says. You can learn how to trust yourself. You learn how to connect with yourself. And this can lead to better race performances. You know what it feels like outside of just a number on your wrist. Okay. This happened to me when I ran the Key West half marathon a few years ago, I went out, it was like crazy weather. The the start time was delayed. There was all these things that happened, start the race. And I, I go out, you know, first mile was, I don't remember what it was. I hit the mile two mark at like 808 and which was like above my goal pace mile, mile three, I hit it at 809. I was like, Oh gosh. And but I, I checked in with myself. I connected and I said, okay, my watch is telling me a faster time than I think I should be running, but it feels right. Like it feels good. It feels, it still feels easy. I think this is okay. And it ended up like I ended up blowing my PR out of the water. Like I wanted to PR by a couple of minutes. I ended up PRing by like six minutes in that race because I decided to connect with myself. I decided to go by the way that I was feeling instead of what my watch was telling me, okay? And that's what I want with for you guys too. And number three, it's the most efficient and effective way to train and it decreases your risk of injury or overtraining because like I said before, you're allowed, you're able to adjust in real time, okay? So because of those real-time adjustments that you're able to make, it actually makes it more effective and more efficient because most of us don't have a coach with us on every run. So it's important to be able to read how are we feeling and adjust appropriately because that gives our bodies the best adaptations because again, we know effort and not pace. All right, going back to our principles of cooking versus baking, same thing, right? Why is it important to learn how some basic principles of cooking? Because what if you don't have the exact ingredients on hand? You look up a recipe, and you don't have those exact things. But if you know some basic principles, you're like, oh, well, I could substitute this for this, right? Or what if the cooking website won't load because there are too many ads? <laughs> you guys ever had that problem, right? Or what if you have to scroll for five minutes trying to find the recipe and then the ad pops up and it jumps back to the top? It's like such a he headache, some of those websites, right? But what if you find a recipe and you don't know what it means, right? Saute versus fry. What does that even mean? Like, what if you have a different pan than the recipe calls for? How do you how do you adjust that recipe? And again, that's why it's important to have those basic principles understood, which is why effort level, again, is so important, okay? So now you guys, again, you know what it is, you know why it's important. Let's move on to how to incorporate it because we're looking at 15 more minutes here. And I want, I'm going to do my best to stay on time here. If I'm speaking a little fast, I'm going to send out a replay so you guys can watch a replay and catch this also. All right. So how do you actually incorporate effort-based training into your program? I want you to think about the 80-20 rule, okay? Which means 80% of your running needs to be at an easy effort level, and everything else is only 20% of your training, right? And I know that seems off balance, but I think that most of us go out and we run at that moderate pace, like that effort level four to six on every single run. And this works in the beginning because we're just starting something new. It's easy to improve when you start something new, but it's harder to improve the longer you've been doing it because our body starts to feel more tired. It starts to feel achy all the time. And it leads to an overtraining and lack of progress because we're just, we're pushing too hard and we're not allowing our body to recover because the way that our body recovers and gets faster and stronger is this thing called the stress recovery cycle, okay? We need to put our body under stress, which is the training, the running, the speed work, the strength training, whatever it might be. We have to stress the body. And when the stress is more than what our body is currently able to handle, 
our body breaks down. And then during recovery, our body says, oh, that stress was a little too much for me. I better get stronger. I better build myself up stronger so that if I encounter that stress again, I can handle it the second time around. So during workouts, we we break the body down. During recovery, we build the body back up. And we need to have a balance here because if we're breaking down but not building back up at the same rate, we're going to get weaker, right? So what we want to do is make sure that we're breaking down and then building up at the same rate or building back more, building back stronger so that we can continue to improve. Does that make sense? So you have to stress the body, but you also have to make sure that you're giving the body enough time to recover and adapt to the training. So let's go back to our RPE scale. So right now we talked about 80-20. So what does that, what does that look like? I don't want you to worry about all 10 of these levels right now, all right? I only want you to worry about two, five, and eight. Focus on those three. Remember at the beginning when I told you, we're gonna, I have 10 numbers for you, but it's really only three. Here are the three numbers that are most important for you, okay? Two, five, and eight. I want you to do 80% of your training at a level two, two to three, okay? That's like an easy running pace. So again, your breathing is not labored. Breathing feels comfortable. You can maintain a conversation at this rate, all right? 10 to 15% of your running should be at a level five, and then about, which again, is that that's that moderate medium effort, which is what a lot of people just do all of their runs at. Your breathing feels kind of labored, right? You can speak in phrases when you're at a level five, but you don't really want to. It's not, it's not really comfortable. You'd rather not. It requires focus for you to maintain this pace. And then only about five to 10% of your running should be done at a level eight, depending on your current goal, Okay. But you want 80%, maybe even 90% sometimes, depending on what kind of training cycle you're in and what kind of goal you have, you want 80 to 90% of your running to be done at an easy level. Talking is my level gauge or your training cycle. You want most of your running to be done at that easy effort level and then sprinkle in. So for some people that might be one day of speed works, for some people that might be two days of speed work, depending on what volume you're currently at. But for most people, it's not that whole run. Like it's only a portion of some of your runs that are at a harder effort level, not the whole thing. So going back to our cooking metaphor, you want to start with easy recipes first, right? When you're trying to learn how to get better at cooking, you want to find easy recipes with common ingredients, fewer ingredients, basic techniques, right? Then progress to harder ones. So if you're not currently doing most of your runs at an easy effort level, start there. Before you start thinking about speed work or levels five and eight, get used to easy running. It will transform your running. I promise you that, okay? When you learn how to actually run easy, running is going to feel better. You are going to recover more quickly. You are going to be able to make more progress. It's actually much better for your cardiovascular training. And we have a podcast, the Real Life Runners podcast, for those of you that are new to us. We've got over 300 episodes. Lots of them are about easy running and the benefits of easy running. So if you want to learn more about that, please go check out the podcast, okay? What is the volume for deciding 80-20? Number of workouts, mileage, or time. I would go by mileage or time, okay? Because it's the number of workouts is not as important as mileage or time, okay? Um, But so you want to start with the easy stuff and then progress to the more complicated things, right? And every now and then you might want to make that fancier meal that takes longer, but it's not every night, right? When you've got kids and other things going on, you're not making a five-course meal every single night, right? And that's, you shouldn't be doing 
crazy speed workouts every single time you go train or even just pushing hard to that like level five, six, seven, every single time you go run, you're just going to break down. It's going to be too much. All right. So, all right, 10 minutes left. Let's review. Okay. What, so, so far we've gone over what is effort-based training? Why is it important? And how do you incorporate it? Right. And this information alone, if you just take this information alone, and start putting it into practice, it can completely transform your running. So hopefully by now, you guys know that effort-based training rocks. It is the most effective way to get faster, run longer, and feel better, okay? And it can transform your running experience. It can transform your life in the process when you just slow down and learn how to connect to your body. And I believe that if you've been on this call up to this point, you have what it takes to excel with effort-based training. And this is something that you can get started with today, right? Like if you haven't run today, you can try this out today. If you've already run today or today's not a running day for you, you can start tomorrow. You can go out. And the the way that you can check and see, you know, is this an easy run is, is ask yourself, how does this feel? Does this feel easy? How is my breathing right now? Do I feel like I'm gasping for air? Is it hard to breathe? Does it feel like my breathing is comfortable? Could I maintain a conversation right now with someone if I was running with somebody? That's how, that's one of the best ways. Like, yes, like I said, it doesn't directly correlate to heart rate or paces or anything like that. I want to, I want you to take all of that out of the equation and just connect to yourself. How does this feel? How does my breathing feel? How do my legs feel? Like, and like I said, it might feel a little awkward and that's okay, right? Like when you're doing something new, sometimes there's a, a learning curve or most times there's a learning curve, right? And I want you to remember that like nothing I've shared with you here today is theory or fluff that just might work. This is something that I've put into pl- practice in my own running to get faster in my 5K, my 10K, my half marathon. Ever since I learned this stuff, I've been setting PRs like and it and we've helped hundreds of runners to do the same thing, you know, so it doesn't matter if you're a new runner or if you've been running for decades. It's all about starting to try something new, really trying you know to connect with yourself here and taking action and actually trying to put it into play, right? So the big benefits of effort based training, like we already talked about here, right, is are these three things. And if there's one thing I want you to take away from today, it's that, I've cracked the code and it's not just me. Like I've learned this information from other people. I've just learned how to teach it in a way where people can put it into practice to help you get faster while running easier. And it's totally changed my running. It's totally transformed the the world and the running world of my clients. And it's very much something that you can replicate and start to apply in your own training so that you can transform yourself into a faster and stronger runner by using this method. So the obvious question is, okay, how do I actually apply this? How do I make this work for me? So you have a choice because this is, you know, one, one piece of the puzzle. So you can do it the slower way and try it like trial and error and take, take what I've given you today and try to go out and figure it out yourself. Or you can join our program. Okay. Because I, I created a program that breaks all of this down to you. And so, like I said, in just the 60 minutes, I don't have the time to teach you all of this stuff over here, right? Because it's just one piece of the puzzle. So effort levels, one through 10, that's what we talked about today. But there's also, we haven't talked about warm-ups and cool-downs and running drills and strides, running form, um, how to structure your run, you know, how to then take that your runs and, and structure a whole week or your training plan, your training cycle, figuring out running goals, how to modify, how to structure, like all these things. 
Because I want you to feel accomplished. I want you to feel strong. I want you to feel confident and joyful. And that's what effort level training can do for you. Okay. And all of those other things that I just kind of listed there. So you can do it the long way and try to figure this all out yourself, or I'd love for you to join our program. Okay. So I'm going to tell tell you a little bit about this program, Structure Your Running. It's a complete step-by-step program to teach you how to structure your running so that you can train in a way that's right for you with no missing steps, no confusion. It's the quickest and most effective way to get from point A to point B. And normally this program is 247, but I today I want to give you access to this program for free when you join the Real Life Runners Academy, okay? So what is the Real Life Runners Academy? It's our membership program. And you get access to structure your running plus so much more. We have a bunch of online training programs teaching you how to become a physically and mentally stronger runner. We teach you how to build and execute a personalized plan step-by-step. We've got live weekly coaching calls and access to coaches for guidance and feedback on all of your runs to help you grow as a runner and feel confident in your plan. And we have training plans. So we teach you how to take those training plans We have a bunch of templates and we teach you how to build and execute a personalized plan step-by-step in a way that's right for you. So when you join the membership, the academy, you'll get access to our four main programs, which are structure your running, the runner's body, think like a runner and recovery and nutrition for runners. Okay. So structure your running is all about obviously running and, and how to improve your running. The runner's body is all about strength and mobility for runners. Think like a runner is all about mindset and how we can use our thoughts and our feelings and our beliefs to make us better runners because everything we do in our life is driven by our thoughts and our beliefs recovery and nutrition for runners. It also includes live weekly coaching calls in a private community so that you can be surrounded by other runners that are just like you that are trying to be their best and progress in a way that's right for them. We've got monthly workshops. We have a training plan library. You get access to our full training plan library um, with We've got race training plans. If you're not training for a race, we have plans to help you build strength or to build mileage or for running to feel better. You get daily reminder emails for all of your workouts. It also includes all of our bonuses. We have a running shoe guide to help you learn how all about running shoes and which running shoe is the right one for you. Like I said, I'm a physical therapist, so I have a whole program in there about how to treat and prevent running injuries so that you don't have to constantly have setbacks in your training from aches and pains that pop up. We've got recipes for real life runners because food and nutrition and fuel is a really big part of how you perform in your running. And then we also have a private podcast for all of our members with all of our weekly coaching calls and workshops in an easy to go format for you. So you can get started with all of that today. Um, for just $59 a month. Okay. Your price never changes. Once you join the Academy, you're locked in at that rate. So even if our price goes up in the future, your price will never um, increase as long as you're an active member. Okay. So you can start today and get access to all of that information for just $59 a month. Like I said, just the, just the running program alone, structure your running is 247 in value, but you get all four of our main programs. So that's over a thousand dollars of course value plus access to all of our coaching resources, the training plan templates, everything um, that we have inside for our members. So we also have an annual membership where you get 12 months for the price of 10. 
And we never want to convince you to join anything that's not right for you. So we also have a 100% satisfaction guarantee and a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you join and you get in there and you check out all the things that we have for you, if you decide it's not right for you, all you have to do is cancel and you won't be charged again. And if you want to, you know, email us so we can, we would refund your money if that's something that you want. Okay. So here are a few examples of what's possible. I chose just some three random, wonderful people from our academy right now. Becky, she ran her first marathon. She is, I think she's in her forties or fifties. I'm not sure, but you know, she's got two kids. She's a teacher. She's got a very, very busy schedule. She ran her first marathon. She also set a PR in her half marathon during her training and felt way better in the process. I know she's definitely someone that will tell you how amazing effort-based training it is. We've got Terry, who's a single mom of two girls. She's a veterinarian for like very large animals, like cows and horses and like farm animals. So she's traveling all over the place. Her schedule is crazy, and she, but she loves racing. She loves racing for fun. And she's setting new PRs in, in her forties as well. And then we have Sarah who is in the military. And so she has a, a whole, she has a bunch of different goals, which is super cool. She had a, a goal to set a PR in her two mile PT test. And then she also just recently completed the Goggins four by four by 48 challenge where she ran like four kilometers every four hours for 48 hours, you know, like just because she wanted to challenge herself and kind of see what she was capable of. And all of that is possible with effort-based training with the training plans and, and the templates that we have inside the Academy and all the resources and um, the live weekly coaching calls, we love jumping on our live week weekly coaching calls. So if you decide to join the Academy today, you can join our, our live weekly coaching call there every Tuesday at noon. We've helped hundreds of runners to set new PRs and achieve things they've never imagined possible. And we would absolutely love to show you how to do the same thing. Okay. So just a little recap it's all included. You get all of our programs, you get our coaching, you get our training plans, you get all of the bonuses, all for just $59 a month. Okay. So thank you guys for staying here to the end with me. I appreciate your time uh, more than anything else because your time is your most valuable resource. Okay. So if you're someone that wants or likes some more personalized attention and you want to set up a personalized plan for yourself, but you'd also like a coach to, to look at it, it's also something that you can join our weekly group calls for. We we jump into people's training plans all the time. You know, like people are like, oh, you know, I got sick. I missed a week of training. How do I adjust? Those are the kinds of questions that we answer on the calls. And I know that our group, people that join our group calls each week, they tell us just how valuable those calls are because a lot of times um, our members will tell us, you know, I didn't even have any questions today. I just wanted to join because I always learn something, you know, just coming and listening to other people get coached, listening to other people's questions. That's one of the reasons that we love the group coaching model. Like, yes, we do have some one-on-one -on -one clients also, but I love group coaching. I love like having a group coaching program. I love being parts of other group coaching programs because other people ask questions that I didn't even know I had. And I know that that's one of the things that we hear from our members all the time. So if you want to sign up for the Real Life Runners Academy, we would love to, to help you with your goals. Head over to realliferunners.com forward slash academy to sign up for the academy today. Doors are open this week. And as always, thanks for joining us. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 320. Now get out there and run your life. 
If you're ready to have more fun and achieve the goals that matter to you without sacrificing the rest of your life in the process, this message is for you. Maybe you're feeling confused or frustrated because you're not making the progress you want, even though you're running three times per week or more. Maybe you're feeling tired or sore all the time because you're pushing harder every day trying to get better. Maybe you want to run longer, but every time you run a couple of miles, that nagging knee pain starts to act up again. Maybe you've been told that you should probably stop running so much because you're getting older, but you refuse to accept that and want to find a way to continue to improve in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Maybe you just feel like you're winging it every day and want to start working towards a goal. You want to feel better and be able to make progress in your running as you get older. And if you're like us and the other runners we work with, you want your running to help you become stronger and more resilient in all other areas of your life too. Plus, you need something that fits in your real life that is simple, easy to understand, and effective. Don't worry, we've got you. If you're ready to transform into a strong, confident, and successful real-life runner, The Real Life Runners Academy has everything you need. It includes training plans, coaching, and programs that will teach you how to run faster, run longer, feel better, and accomplish your goals. Check it out today over at realliferunners.com forward slash academy. Enrollment will be opening soon, so be sure to join the wait list so that you can be notified when doors are open. It's time to run your life.